Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Company's first quarter fiscal 2021 financial results conference call. At this time, all participants are on a listen only mode. A brief question and answer session will follow the formal presentation. If anyone should require operator assistance during the conference, please press star zero on your telephone keypad. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded. It is now my pleasure to introduce your host, Everett Knight, Executive Vice President of Corporate Development and Capital Markets of the Valence Company. Everett, please go ahead. Thank you, Operator. Good morning and welcome to the Valence Company's first quarter 2021 financial results conference call for the period ended February 28, 2021. A replay of this call will be archived on the Investor Relations section of the Valence website at thevalencecompany.com slash investors. Before we begin, please let me remind you that during the course of this conference call, Valence management may make statements, including with respect to the management's expectations or estimates of future performance. All such statements, other than statements of historical fact, constitute forward-looking information or forward-looking statements within the meaning of the applicable securities laws and are based on expectations, estimates, and projections as the date hereof. Specific forward-looking statements include, without limitation, all disclosures regarding future results of operations, economic conditions, and anticipated courses of action. These forward-looking statements are subject to a number of risks and uncertainties that may cause actual results to differ materially from expectations. For more information on the company's risks and uncertainties related to forward-looking statements, please refer to our latest annual information form and our latest management discussion and analysis, otherwise known as MD&A, each as filed with the Canadian Securities Regulatory Authorities at CDAR.com, or on the Valence Company's website at thevalencecompany.com. The risks described in the annual information form, which may cause the actual financial results, performance, or achievements of the Valence Company to be materially different from estimated future results, performance, or achievements expressed by the forward-looking information or forward-looking statements, are hereby incorporated by reference herein. Although these forward-looking statements reflect management's current beliefs and reasonable assumptions based on current available information available to management as the date hereof, we cannot be certain that the actual results will be consistent with the forward-looking statements in the future. We caution you not to place undue reliance upon such forward-looking statements. For any reconciliation of non-GAAP measures, please measured, please see uh, consult our latest MDNA as filed on CDAR. Joining me on the call today are Mr. Tyler Robson, Chief Executive Officer, Mr. Chris Bison, Chief Financial Officer, and Mr. Jeff Fallows, President. With that, I would now like to hand the call over to Tyler. Tyler, please go ahead. Thank you, Everett, and welcome to everyone that has joined our earnings call to discuss our results for the first quarter ended February 28, 2021. Later on today's call, Jeff Fallows will provide an update on our operational achievements and strategic initiatives for 2021. Everett Knight will highlight industry trends and capital markets activities, 
and Chris Bison will give an overview of our financial results for the first quarter. But first, I'm going to talk about our highlights for the quarter. Just over a year ago, we re-established the Valence Company as a manufacturer of cannabis consumer packaged goods. Since then, we have created, manufactured, and distributed what we believe are some of the most unique and innovative products in the Canadian market today across all cannabis 2.0 categories. The quality and consistency of the Valence products continue to be recognized with our customers and consumers alike, validating the strength in our sophisticated platform, highly experienced team, and our ability to continue to execute in the Canadian market and beyond. I encourage everyone to try the products that we have manufactured to recognize the Valence advantage. We are proud of what we built in Canada and are confident that it will springboard for our expansion into other domestic markets, increase our market share with both new and existing customers, and drive volumes for our trusted and acclaimed products. But as we walk through our first quarter achievements, it is clear that we are only getting started. Over the course of fiscal 2021, we expect to drive considerable considerable growth in all areas of the business that we accelerate our path to increase profitability and visibility on a global level. In Q1, we accelerated our expansion strategy with several meaningful accomplishments. We have a robust domestic footprint in place now with our K2 facility up and running, the newly acquired life facility is scaling up quickly, and the GTA facility is on track to come online the end of the second calendar quarter of 2021. This dramatic increase in capacity leaves us in a strong position to focus our efforts on growing our international presence and with near-term focus on the U.S. market. We are currently in a number of advanced discussions regarding various opportunities with industry leaders. In the first quarter, we increased our net revenue by 24.7% to $20 million compared to $16 million in Q4 2020. With the growth in our capabilities to manufacture and ship out finished cannabis products, we have increased product sales revenue year over year by 23.3% to $17.9 million in Q1 2021 from $14.5 million in Q4 2020. Product sales made up approximately 90% of our total revenue in fiscal Q1, and we expect that uh, number to stabilize as we continue to launch new products and capture market share in the Canadian recreational market, Australian medicinal market, and other new markets we expect to enter in the short term. We are happy to report that despite a decrease in sales early in, in the broader Canadian cannabis market, our provincial sales increased by 7.6% from Q4 2020, as we manufacture and distribute a full suite of 2.0 products and categories such as vapes, concentrates, beverages, and oils across Canada. Most notably, this was despite a slowdown in the Canadian cannabis sales at the beginning of the year due to pandemic uh, restrictions on the retail storefronts and provincial inventory management. From these sales, we saw an increase in cannabis 2.0 market share to an estimated 5.5 in Alberta, British Columbia, and Ontario, compared with 4.9% in Q4 2020, based on headset data not including B2B LP manufacturing. And again, we expect this number to continue to increase as we expand our portfolio of products, especially in the edibles and topicals category, and increase our partnership network, network over the course of the year. We believe we have the low-cost, most innovative and adaptable product manufacturing platform in the Canadian market. We we have extremely efficient operations with the ability to get finished products to consumers in record time, allowing us to advance in key verticals only beginning to take hold in the Canadian recreational market. Looking ahead, we will introduce various new-to-market formats designed exclusively for onset of of cannabis 3.0 in Canada, which we expect will be 
complementary to the growth and partnership of our network as we anticipate bringing on leading CPG customers looking to enter into the cannabis industry. We also view our advanced product development and abilities as a catalyst for entering both evolving and more mature global markets as the cannabis category begins to reflect the true consumer package good. I'll turn the call over to Jeff Fallows, president of the Valens Company, to dive deeper into the operational achievements and strategic initiatives for 2021. Thank you, Tyler. We have started the year with a strong first quarter, following the most productive operational year in our history, during which Valens established itself as a leader in the Canadian cannabis product manufacturing market. In Q1 2020, Valens expanded its suite of manufacturing capabilities to include edibles and topicals, two of the fastest growing categories in the Canadian market. In the first quarter, we manufactured 53 SKUs in comparison to 62 in the fourth quarter of 2020, including topicals and edible products, along with tinctures, vapes, concentrates, and beverages, representing a complete offering of 2.0 products. Valens manufactured products are winning in the market, demonstrated by both our product sales and our provincial sales growth, despite the slowdown in sales across the sector in early 2021. The decrease in unique SKUs quarter over quarter can be attributed to Valens' focus on maximizing SKU and sales velocity of existing products that have proven to lead within their respective categories within the Canadian market. As the market matures, we will continue to closely monitor the popularity of our products in order to optimize our productive capacity, meet demand from end customers, and increase consumer accessibility. In line with our stated goals last quarter, we continue to launch new and innovative cannabis 2.0 product formats, including Nuance CBD 100, a high-potency CBD dominant oil in the medical cannabis by Shoppers Marketplace. We also launched customizable THC and CBD water-soluble drops, which are part of a growing product portfolio we have planned for the uh, with Verse Cannabis, which includes dried flour, free rolls, and beverages. We are pleased to see that our product quality and consistency is increasingly being recognized by our customers, consumers, and private and government-operated retailers as we continue to have success listing our products despite ongoing provincial selling constraints in the wider industry. Ahead of the onset of Cannabis 3.0 in Canada, we will be entering new verticals, such as the recently entered wellness market, with a wide range of products such as edibles, beverages, and topicals. We have already made meaningful progress with this, having entered the topicals category with the launch of Nuance CBD bath bombs, complementing the, the brand's existing lineup of premium wellness products. We expect Valens to lead the wellness category in Canada, in Canada with the launch of additional personal care pro products alongside many of our customers in the coming quarters, including balm, menthol rub, soft chews, honey, and a variety of bath bombs. During the quarter, Valens submitted a site evidence package to Health Canada for our third facility in Canada, located in the GTA. Construction is nearing completion at the facility, which will provide an additional 30,000 square feet of manufacturing space, and will focus on the formulation, co-packing, and manufacturing of cannabis-infused beverages and other customized 2.0 and 3.0 products using sourced by Valens emulsion technology. We expect to begin manufacturing, commercializing, and shipping out products from the facility in the second half of fiscal 2021. With this facility coming online, we expect to increase our cannabis-infused beverage market share in Canada, which was approximately 5.1% in Alberta, British Columbia, and Ontario in Q1 2021, according to headset data, despite Valens having only one customer in this category to date. 
We also expanded our product distribution capabilities with the amendment of our Health Canada license to sell dried cannabis products to authorize provincial and territorial retailers in Canada based on the strong demand we receive from existing and potential future customers. With this new license, Bounds now offers a complete range of products to its customers in the Canadian recreational cannabis market and increases its total addressable market. Bounds expects to begin shipping dried cannabis products, including flour and pre-rolls, in the second quarter of 2021. To further increase Bounds' ability to capture market share in Canada, we expanded our domestic distribution network to Manitoba and now have the ability to sell products in five provinces. Near-term entry into the remaining provinces and territories including Quebec, is expected in the short term as discussions continue with provincial and territorial boards and private retailers. By the end of fiscal 2021, we expect to be in all provinces and territorial markets in Canada. The achievements over the last year and solid financial results that we reported today for Q1 2021 reflect our successful transformation as a business through several key strategic initiatives. Following our public financing, we have a strong capital position to fuel our growth as we launch new and innovative cannabis 2.0 and 3.0 product formats and agreements, continue to build our manufacturing capabilities and accelerate our international expansion strategy. As the global cannabis market continues to expand, we plan to enter the U.S. market and other international markets subject to evolving legal and regulatory frameworks through strategic partnerships and acquisitions with existing market leaders who we believe recognize the value of our platform. We are currently in advanced discussions with respect to a number of global expansion initiatives that we expect to come to fruition in the next few quarters that will expand Valens' overall addressable market and long-term shareholder profitability. I'll now turn the call over to Everett to discuss industry trends, our market share gains, and capital markets activities. Everett, please go ahead. Thank you, Jeff. As Tyler and Jeff have made clear, we have continued 2020's momentum into the first quarter with an excellent success so far. During the quarter, we ramped production at K2 and created new products and entered new verticals for new revenue opportunities. We increased our share of the extract-based market in Alberta, British Columbia, and Ontario to an estimated 5.5% in Q1 2021 from 4.9% in Q4 2020 based on headset data and not including B2B LP manufacturing. Even more meaningful, we are continuing to see our provincial sales increase as we launch new products with our customers and expand our distribution of existing products across Canada. Valens is outperforming at every turn, and we have now manufactured approximately 1.4 million units of finished goods over the 12 months ended February 28, 2021. We are delighted to have reached this milestone, especially given that our growth looks set to continue throughout the year. As the largest third-party vaping manufacturer in the country, we continue to drive significant volumes of vape SKUs each quarter, and as of Q1 2021, Valence has manufactured over 900,000 vape products. And we are pleased to report that during the first quarter, the Valence, Valence manufactured and distributed the second best-selling vape SKU, Verse Cannabis Tropic Lemon 1-Gram Vape Cartridge, across Alberta, British Columbia, and Ontario, according to headset data. The popularity of Verse Tropic Lemon Vape Cart led to the development of additional three flavors, Sunset Peach, Mandarin Mint, and Summer Berry, all of which were also manufactured and shipped out in the first quarter to various provinces. 
And the growth of the Canadian cannabis market also looks healthy. We're seeing that extract-based product sales are beginning to make up a larger percentage of sales in the market as a a more variety of products are being introduced. Specifically, extract-based product sales made up 31% of the cannabis sales in Alberta, British Columbia, and Ontario in January, according to headset data. In the first quarter, there was a 73% increase in biomass extracted quarter over quarter as we saw an increased demand for CBD distillate and isolate. As mentioned last quarter, with the continued wave of financings in the sector, we're having negotiations with potential LP customers who are now well capitalized to engage with third-party operators. Subsequent to the quarter, we announced new strategic agreements with leading cannabis partners in the industry that we expect will expand our product offerings. Valens entered into an extraction and custom manufacturing agreement with Rubicon Organics, where we will leverage our full complement of proprietary extraction capabilities, including organic, certified, CO2, ethanol, and other extraction technologies to deliver customized consumer experiences in a variety of 2.0 products under the LP's product portfolio. Additionally, we entered into a custom manufacturing agreement with Experion Biotechnologies to provide end-to-end pre-roll manufacturing services and product distribution services with continued discussions to expand the existing agreement to include additional product development and manufacturing services for a range of next-generation products. This agreement marked our first pre-roll manufacturing agreement and Citizen Stash pre-rolls will be the first dried cannabis product that Valens will have manufactured in the market. Over the course of 2021, we expect to continue to grow our partnership networks with LPs, cannabis brand houses, and consumer packaged good companies. And with the closing of our acquisition on Life Food Technologies, which is all, which also took place after the quarter, we expect to expand existing agreements with customers looking to enter the evolving edible space in Canada. With the addition of the light facility, we now have the capacity to produce a wide range of edible products in various formats and dosages as part of our central platform. Vegan, sugar-free, and low-sugar formats are available and will be especially complementary for the development of Balance Wellness Product Suite, as Jeff mentioned earlier. Since closing, we have welcomed this and successfully integrated several life team members to the Valens family and have already begun manufacturing and launching edibles products, marking Valens entry into the category. In partnership with Verse Cannabis, Valens launched Verse Soft Chews, a new line of edible formulations and unique flavors at a great value. The new product lineup includes Verse Baked Apple Soft Chews and Verse Sour Medley Soft Chews. Since their launch, Verse Soft Chews have been receiving rave customer reviews for their flavor profile and overall customer experience. And we hope to bring these already leading products to other domestic markets in the short term. In the second quarter of 2021, we intend to launch an assortment of unique consumer-driven edible products into the market alongside various partners in addition to continuing to manufacture with existing life partners, including the Citizen Stash Strawberry Mac One Gummies, and A1 Cannabis Summit Wild Berry Soft Juice. Lastly, with the closing of our $39.7 million bought deal public offering on January 29, 2021, we are in a strong cash position to fuel our growth plans. As discussed earlier, 
we plan to use a majority of the net proceeds of the offering to pursue strategic M&A and business expansion opportunities in Canada and international markets with the balance of the net proceeds for working capital requirements and general corporate purposes. With that, I'll now turn the call over to Chris Bison to run through the financial results for the first quarter of fiscal 2021. Chris, please go ahead. Thank you, Everett. Quarter over quarter net revenue increased 4 million or 24.7% to 20 million compared to 16 million in the previous quarter ended November 30th, 2020. The increase in revenue was driven by a 4 million increase in revenue from cannabis operations, which generated revenue of 19.6 million compared to 15.6 million in the previous quarter. Cannabis operations revenue associated with product sales increased 3.4 million or 23.3% as a result of increased volume through the execution of white label product offerings and winterized distillate and isolate sales to support our industry partners. Product sales growth was also driven through provincial product sales, which increased 7.6% over the prior quarter as the company continues to execute on its transition strategy away from a focus on toll processing to product development and manufacturing. Consolidated net revenue in the first quarter of fiscal 2021 decreased 37.4% to 20 million compared to revenues of 32 million in the same period of fiscal 2020. The decrease in revenue was driven by a reduction in cannabis operations revenue to 19.6 million compared to 31.6 million in the same period in fiscal 2020. Cannabis operations revenue associated with toll extraction and co-packing decreased 14.6 million, or 89.3%, as the company continued to execute on its strategy of transitioning away from a focus on toll processing to a product development and manufacturing company. In addition to the shift in focus, the company continued to see a reduction in shipments of biomass from extraction partners as partners adjusted their workforce and operations to manage through the uncertainty created by the COVID-19 pandemic. The continued execution of product development and manufacturing strategies was highlighted by the increase in product sales of 2.6 million or 17.2% with the scale up of white label product formulation and manufacturing to include tinctures, vapes, beverages, edibles, concentrates, and sourcing bulk, bulk winterized and distillate oil for our partners' cannabis 2.0 products. Additionally, the company generated 0.69 million in revenue from analytical testing through the company's lab, compared to 0.73 million in the previous quarter ended November 30th, 2020, including 0.28 million in intercompany testing revenue as the volume of third-party tests completed by the lab remained strong and consistent quarter over quarter. As Everett previously mentioned, in the first quarter, we extracted 17,813 kilograms of biomass, a 73% increase over the prior quarter using inputs from our LP partners for toll processing, as well as Valen's own inventory for 2.0 products. In addition, the company utilized its bulk oil to manufacture 53 product SKUs in the quarter, a decrease of 15% compared to the prior quarter, but an increase of 47.2% compared to the end of the first half of last year. Gross profits for the first quarter of 2021 
decreased to 4.8 million compared to 18.1 million in the same period in fiscal 2020. The gross profit from cannabis operations for the first quarter was 4.2 million or 21.6% compared to 17.7 million or 56.2% in the same period in fiscal 2020. Gross profit was negatively impacted in the quarter by the company's continued execution of the shift away from historical focus on toll processing to a current strategic focus on product development and manufacturing and the repositioning of vape hardware utilized with certain industry partners. However, on a quarter-over-quarter basis, gross profit increased to $4.8 million for the first quarter of 2021 compared to a loss of $6 million in the previous quarter ended November 30, 2020. The gross profit from cannabis operations for the first quarter was $4.2 million compared to a loss of $6.5 million in the previous quarter. The increase in gross margin was largely attributable to the inventory write-down, an onerous contract loss, and a loss on the sale of certain lots of bulk witcherized and distillate oils, which were experienced as part of our strategic repositioning initiatives executed in the fourth quarter of 2020. In addition, the analytical testing operations saw an increase in gross profit dollars for the first quarter to 0.58 million, or 83.6%, compared to 0.57 million, or 77.4% in the previous quarter. Operating expenses for the quarter were approximately 11.9 million, compared to 11.5 million in the same period last year. The slight year-over-year increase in expenses for the first quarter was driven by depreciation and amortization, facility expansion costs, and higher wages, salaries, and general administrative costs as the company continues to build out its team and production facilities to execute on its product development and manufacturing strategy. We ended the first quarter of 2021 with adjusted EBITDA of negative 2.2 million, which decreased by 16.5 million over the same period in fiscal 2020, as a result of the company's continued transition away from toll extraction services to a consumer product development and manufacturing platform, including bulk cannabis oil sales. We remain confident that our business transformation to a product development and manufacturing platform and our acquisition of light food technologies will allow us to see predictable positive EBITDA performance in future quarters. As a reminder, we ended fiscal 2020 with positive adjusted EBITDA despite the challenging conditions that existed in many parts of the market. At the end of the year, we were one of the few companies in the cannabis space that achieved this level of performance for our shareholders. We are excited about 2021 as we leverage our challenge, our changing business um, model recent acquisitions, and product expansions to create long-term, sustainable value for our shareholders and stakeholders. The company continues to closely monitor inventory levels and balances outstanding with our partners to ensure a strong financial balance sheet position. As of February 28, 2021, the company had $10.9 million in trade accounts receivable outstanding over 60 days and an expected loss rate on overdue balances is estimated to be 0.6 million based on subsequent collections and various discussions with associated customers and analysis of creditworthiness. In addition, the company has subsequently collected 
has trade accounts payable standing with the same partners, or has recorded an impairment loss provision representing 56% of the trade accounts receivable balance, which supports the cash position of the company. As previously mentioned, on January 29, 2021, the company closed the bought deal financing, pursuant to which the company issued 19.4 million units valued at $39.7 million, which was comprised of one common share of the company and one half share purchase warrant. Each full share purchase warrant is exercisable at a price of $255 per share for a period of 36 months from the date of closing. As of February 28, 2021, there remains a balance outstanding under the term loan facility of $9 million, and the secured revolving facility of up to $10 million remains undrawn. At the end of the quarter, the company was in breach of certain financial covenants under the credit facility. Accordingly, the remaining balance outstanding under the term facility of $9 million was classified as current on the company's balance sheet. The company continues to work with the lenders to amend certain financial covenants and obtain a waiver for the period ended February 28, 2021, to better align our debt package with the new requirements of our successfully repositioned business. The company had $49.3 million in cash as of February 28, 2021, compared to $20.3 million as of November 30, 2020, which includes gross proceeds of $39.7 million from the bought deal financing that closed at the end of fiscal 2020. With that, I will now turn the call over to the operator to open the line for the question and answer session. Thank you. We will now conduct a question and answer session. If you'd like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. A confirmation tone will indicate your line is in the question queue. You may press star 2 if you'd like to remove your question from the queue. For participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star keys. We ask that you limit yourself to two questions initially so that we have time to speak with as many of you as possible. If you have additional questions, please rejoin the queue, and we will endeavor to come back to you later in the call. One moment, please, while we poll for questions. Our first question comes from Andrew Parchino with Stiefel. Please proceed with your question. Hi, good morning, and congrats on, on the great quarter here. Um, I wanted to maybe first touch on, um, you know, your gross margin. You, in Q4, you repositioned a lot of your inventory and, and you know, was discussing about um, how your new sourcing of, of lower input costs could flow through and, and increase margin sooner. Just wondering, you know, how much of that are we seeing in Q1 and should we expect more going forward? Chris, why don't you take this one? Certainly. So, yeah, as we, as we work through Q1, um, we, we continue to sell through some of the inventory that we had on uh, the balance sheet as at the end of um, last fiscal. So there was a bit of a, a continued drag on our margins into Q1. I think as we move into Q2 and, and Q3, I think we should continue to see growth in uh, in our margins as we kind of work through that inventory. And as we mentioned um, on our last call, our ability to now source biomass at, at lower prices. So we'll see continued strength from uh, from that in our in our margin profile, uh, as well as the um, the product 
sales side of the business continues to expand and we continue to uh, bring to market additional innovative products that uh, at stronger margins that will continue to as well um, support the uh, the growth in margins that we anticipate uh, realizing as we move into into Q2 and Q3 of this year. Thanks for that additional color and um, and just touching on on uh, the dried flower here uh, that you know you guys seem to expect to launch imminently with with sales into provinces. Um, could you talk a little bit about your strategy there? You know, I mean, um, there's already a lot of dried flower products on the market, and you know, on the vape side, you you guys have sex successfully, you know. Um, differentiated yourselves and just was curious about you know how you're thinking on the on the flower and pre-roll side um to to do the same sure tyler why don't you take this one yeah absolutely so a couple things to think about as as we are the lowest cost producer and the largest purchaser of biomass there's a few things to keep in mind one we are not stuck to any genetic or any product portfolio we can go out and hand select the genetics we want to launch and also, we can launch it at a cost that no one else can. So when you really look at the value proposition we can bring to the table, uh, no one can compete with what we're about to do. We're going to be extremely disruptive in not only pre-rolls, but whole flower. Uh, and when you look at the market size, it's hovering around 60% right now, even though it's declining. Uh, it's a huge revenue opportunity for our organization, so we're excited to play uh, in those. And like, like we said in the call, uh, you will see some of that flower sales in Q2, uh, so we're, we're going to hit the ground running. Thanks for that. Congrats again, and I'll get back in the queue. Our next question comes from Neil uh, Neil Gilmer with Haywood Securities. Please proceed with your question. Yeah, good morning, guys. Um, maybe I'd start with just your comments, um, again, both in your press release and in the prepared remarks, in evaluating sort of the sales velocity of some of the products you're taking to market. You give us a little bit more sense of you know what you're looking for there, what sort of time period you you know evaluate this over, um, and you know I guess sub, you know the subset to that with respect to some of the provinces doing some inventory rationalization over the course of, of Q1, at least calendar Q1 here, um, you know whether that affected your ability to really sort of assess how you wanted to uh, focus on which products to bring to market. Okay, maybe uh, hi Neil. Maybe I'll take this to, to start. Um, look, uh, as with any sort of and, and growing uh, market environment, uh, and especially in the Canadian context where we saw a number of consumers trying a number of different products, et cetera, you know, you you can't just sort of sit, put a product out there and just sort of let it sit. You have to be, uh, you know, have to be aggressive. You have to make sure that the product's positioned properly and and focus on those that are gaining market share and, and you know, uh, don't be hesitant to, to drop products that aren't. So I think you're going to see Valens as we continue to launch products uh, out there with our partners, making sure that our product portfolio is optimal for the consumer trends that are developing and the opportunities that we're seeing in the market. So, uh, you know, in, in particular, we spent a lot of time over the last couple months in working with the provinces and understanding and going into detailed, deep conversations with not only what we're seeing in the market, but soliciting feedback from them as to what they're seeing in the market, how they want products positioned, and, and sort of where their holes are in their product portfolios that they're uh, providing. With that information, we then go back to our partners uh, and the brands that we're working with 
work through new product opportunities and help them re either um, uh, re replace existing SKUs that are not performing well or reposition them based on that feedback. So I think you're going to see that continue to happen uh, with us, uh, given uh, the number of products we touch uh, and given the number of customers that we represent at the provinces. Uh, we believe we have, you know, some of the best insight in the market as to what those products should be. Uh, and we're going to be aggressive in making sure that we go after the trends that we see materializing uh, and that we want to uh, bring on board the balance platform. Yeah, Neil, just to kind of add to what Jeff said, the, the best way to think about it is fewer, bigger, better. We're, we're launching fewer SKUs, and, and we saw that in the come down because we're going to we're going to get behind a few a few key ones, and we're going to drive a lot of velocity and a lot of a lot of volume through those. Uh, and then the best way to think about it too is, is we're listening to consumers. We don't need to be everything to everybody. Uh, so you're going to see a much more strategic approach from the Valance group rather than the majority of our industry peers. For example, we're only launching one set of flower SKUs right out of the gate, and it's going to do extremely well. So the, the model for us is fewer, bigger, better. Thanks, Jeff and Tyler. That's helpful. Then maybe my follow-on question would be from that is that if you're doing the fewer, bigger, better, then I assume then, you know, you probably have um, the opportunity to increase margins, gross margins that way because your, I assume your shipments into the provinces, you know, if you're doing larger shipments on fewer SKUs, you probably have some cost efficiencies that are achieved um, through that. Is that a correct um, view? Yeah, you're 100% correct. Right across the board, you'll, you'll see optimizing efficiencies, optimizing processes, turning machines more often. And then, yeah, that bigger shipments and more consistent shipments. So, yeah, it'll be lucrative all the way across the board. And, Neil, if you think Great. about 2020, as we've said previously, it was all about us building our platform, right, making sure that we had the right capabilities and the right team uh, driving that. Uh, we believe we've accomplished that, uh, as we said in our, our last quarter and with the acquisition of life. And now for us, it's about taking that, that platform and optimizing it for the best return for shareholders. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. Congrats on the quarter. Our next question comes from David Kadekel with ATP Capital Markets. Please proceed with your question. Hi, good morning. Uh, congrats on this quarter, uh, everybody. Uh, thanks for taking my question. My first, I want to go a little bit deeper, if that's okay, into the U.S. and your international expansion, uh, both strategy and timeline. I know, Jeff, you mentioned in your uh, prepared remarks, or maybe it was Everett, um, once uh, federally permissible to do so in the U.S. We know, you know, through the farm bill with, with uh, hemp opportunities, those are available. So I'm just wondering, as far as your strategy is concerned, um, how should we think about this? Is it still uh, through hemp-based companies or products or um, uh, other multi-state operators? Um, and also, if you could maybe just clarify what your, uh, your timing is for this. Thanks. Sure. So um, if I look at uh, a couple of things happened, David, with respect to the U.S. Uh, from our standpoint, you know, firstly, we got, uh, you know, our big uh, repositioning, our getting, bringing on K2 facility, getting our, our Canadian footprint online and functioning and, and, and functioning well, that, you know, with that uh, behind us. And secondly, with the changes in the White House uh and and the change in perspective on what the opportunity was in the u.s in a shorter period of time uh obviously then from a balance company perspective it was time for us to uh, get more aggressive uh, with that market opportunity obviously uh, with Tyler's experience and, and several team members experience in the u.s we've got relationships we understand the market we understand the products 
Uh, and so from that perspective uh, and from our shareholders' perspective, they want us there. So uh, with that view, um, we took uh, you know, a very strategic review of the market opportunities. We, we have listing requirements, obviously, with the TSX, uh, and we have other requirements that we have to live up to. So the, the best thing I can tell you is that we're looking at it strategically. I think uh, we, the, our approach uh, there from, well, you know, from a, a CBD perspective, obviously, has to be a, a key consideration in our strategy, given THC continues to be a, a challenge uh, from a listing perspective. Uh, I'd say that, uh, but um, from our standpoint, we're being very creative about how we're approaching that to make sure that we're maximizing the opportunity for shareholders and getting that capital efficiency and ROI uh, that they come to expect from us. Um, so that's about the, the best way I can put our U.S. Uh, strategy. I think that uh, from a timeline perspective, uh, you know, we think the opportunity is 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 current. We think that uh, the market is, is coming around in a way that we like and a way that the balance platform can do quite well in. So you can see us being aggressive and from a timeline perspective, um, you know, in the near term. Okay. And Dave, maybe just to expand on that quickly, I, I would say that um, we, we raised money for a reason. Obviously, there's, there's more accretive M&A opportunities. And, and what we have remained diligent on is, is keeping the same return on invested capital. We want the highest return on investment capital in the in the Canadian cannabis space, as Jeff mentioned, and uh, I think that uh, obviously mentioned the prepared remarks. We are having later stage conversations there and uh, finding more and more opportunities in that market, uh, especially recently. Okay, thanks. That's helpful. Um, my second question, uh, moving along here, um, in your uh, your MDNA, uh, where you've mentioned the mutually terminated contracts with both uh, Trek and Burnt. I'm wondering, can you maybe give a little bit more color on as to the reasons for that? And also, um, does the fact that you've mutually agreed to terminate these contracts, does that preclude you from reengaging uh, both companies? Uh, should, should consumer demand allow, allow that uh, in the future? Thanks. Ever why don't you take this one? Sure. No, 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 not at all, Dave. We, we can, uh, we can reengage them. Actually, we're working with one of those partners, uh, on the edible side with our, our life team anyways. Uh, but the, the biggest thing we're looking for is, as Jeff and Tyler mentioned, is skew velocity. What our shareholders want is, is fewer skews at a higher sales velocity. And that's what we're going to hold our partners to. Um, and as we prepare for the next wave of partnerships, which we believe will be CPG companies, uh, I believe that this is just preparing for that and, and making sure that we're uh, picking the kind of right partners in the different aspects. I, I think that they're both great companies and we'll have plenty of opportunities uh, to maybe work with them down the road. And I think that they're going to continue to see success. This was more of an internal decision uh, based on velo- uh, velocity as well as uh, uh, new partnerships and, and where they fitted in our platform. Got it. Okay, thanks. And if I can just squeeze one more quick one in here. Just can you maybe give a, an overall update with respect to uh, to beverages, uh, the ones I know you have two in the marketplace right now, THC and the CBD, and, and also just um, next steps with uh, the Palmy's facility. Thanks. Sure. So we're, uh, you know, incredibly encouraged by the, the uh, feedback that we're getting, uh, particularly on our Summit 10 beverage that we uh, produce in, in partnership with A1. Uh, it's doing incredibly well. Uh, feedback is great. Um, yeah, uh, but as we look to bring Palmies online, uh, as we said in the second half of this year, uh, you know, our objective as a management team is to not have a standing start there. 
Obviously, we're having a number of ongoing conversations while we're working in the product development sense uh, to bring, you know, new beverage formulations to the forefront so that, you know, when that key gets turned on and that production facility starts to starts to churn, that there's meaningful volumes, you know, already coming out of that facility. Um, but as we look through the rest of 2021, I think you can expect, uh, you know, the, a, a traditional build of, of the capacity as we bring new product formats on and get them in the market. Um, you know, for the rest of 2021. Okay, thanks very much for that color. Very help, helpful. Uh, congrats again on the quarter. I'm going to hop back in the queue. Our next question comes from Sean Mayer with Canaccord Genuity. Please proceed with the question. Hey, uh, good morning and uh, congrats on the quarter. Um, my my first one's just uh, touching on on uh, kind of the M and A opportunity. So, um, given that you guys are actively doing uh, those MA opportunities and in some scenarios are in advanced discussions, as I understand. Um, could you maybe provide some color around what you're seeing on the valuation side in the private uh, in the private markets? Um, public markets have taken a bit of a breather over the last uh, few weeks, so just trying to get an understanding um, how or if that's been reflected in any way in those private market valuations. Sure. So um, maybe I'll tackle this one, and others can add on after. So we're encouraged by what we're seeing, and that's one of the catalysts that allowed us to get uh, a little bit more aggressive. Uh, obviously, as whatever and I have said, we're hyper focused on you know getting a return on investment for our shareholders. So yes, we have uh, noticed some some realistic and, and better aligned valuation uh, in the market for select opportunities, and we see others um, repositioning towards that uh, that level as well. Um, but what we're really seeing from our conversations that we've had in the acquisition scenarios is, you know, a real attraction to, to our currency or balance share. Uh, and we like that, obviously, firstly, because it creates alignment uh, and, and between our shareholders and gets everyone moving towards the same goal of return. Uh, but also, it's helped us in a number of scenarios, um, you know, repositioning uh, the value of an offer, uh, the holding of balance share, which we fundamentally believe is undervalued in the market, uh, against, you know, the opportunity we see for the business. And that's a very compelling uh, pitch for us to go to uh, potential partners with. Um, uh, and, and we're seeing real-world evidence of that uh, on a regular basis. All right. Thank you. Um, and then uh, my second one, um, just stepping back uh, back a bit, um, when when the Q4 numbers were pre-released and uh, Q1 guidance was given, there was mention that COVID-related headwinds uh, had shifted some sales from Q4 into Q1. Uh, I was wondering if we could unpackage this a bit. Um, what would sales have looked like in the quarter if we stripped this out? And uh, also, maybe would you be able to specify what segment of the business witnessed uh, uh, kind of that shift? Sure. Uh, maybe I'll take a quick shot at this, and uh, Everett and Chris, uh, you can probably add on to, uh, to the, that. Uh, I think as we uh, were in at the end of Q4, uh, uh, going into the Q1, obviously there was not uh, the shutdown in Ontario and, and we were having some encouraging and verbal indications from the provinces on expectations for volumes and, and that were you know, in line with the growth that we were seeing till then and, and represent a very compelling opportunity. You know, what happened ultimately as the second wave and, and now third wave of COVID uh, come into play was uh, a retrenchment on behalf of the provinces. And you see that across the broader sector uh, with some of the uh, LP announcements that have happened as of late, uh, where they really um, took a cautious approach given the click and collect, particularly in Ontario. Uh, so it, from, it was from provincial sales 
um, that I would say that there was the more conservative approach to the volumes uh, that happened in Q1 uh, relative to our expectations as we rolled into, into Q4. Um, and I'll say on top of that, you add that, you know, in places like Ontario where they were, uh, uh, you know, changing distribution facilities and, and uh, instituting a bunch of other sort of SKU management policies of that, uh, and that altogether, uh, I think, represents sort of the slowdown that you're sort of seeing in, and a COVID rate of slowdown that you're seeing, um, you know, in the numbers across the sector. Ever to Chris? I, th- I think from from my end, Sean, like uh, I, I think that uh, obviously the response, the results speak for themselves in this quarter. Obviously, we show growth, like provincial uh, sales, kind of showed that increase seven point six percent, and and you continue to see that sales velocity. Obviously, uh, with kind of the, the COVID environment, um, we hope to be higher than even where we're at even this quarter. Um, but with click and collect and, and uh, kind of the provincial retailers managing that accordingly, um, I, I think you, you see that in the results. But going into the second quarter and looking in the future here, we're continuing to see great growth. And what we don't have in the market currently uh, in our results in the first quarter is life came online, right? Now we have edibles in the market. Um, you're going to see, obviously, our bath bombs just launched. You're going to see concentrates that come to the market, as well as, as Tyler mentioned, you're going to see flour in the second quarter. So I think that uh, we're, we're very confident in this environment that we're doing the right things to gain listings and continue that sales velocity, even with uh, kind of a tougher environment. Um, people got to remember that Ontario was almost shut down almost every single day in our kind of uh, Q1 quarter. Uh, but I, I think that uh, the product sales velocity and the uptake even in that um, kind of shows the success and obviously the innovation of that. And, and that's what we're going to strive for kind of looking forward and going into Q2. Uh, thank you. Uh, thanks for the color there, um, and congratulations again on a, on a great quarter. I'll pass the I'll pass the mic along. Our next question comes from John Chu with Des Jardins Capital Mark. Please proceed with your questions. Hi. Good morning. Maybe just a little bit more color on the dry flower pre-roll strategy. Can you maybe give us a bit of insight in terms of the price tier segment you're looking to address? Is it, is it value, mainstream, premium? And are these going to be seasonal products or limited edition or a short uh, time offering given the ability, the, the ability that you have just to kind of pick and choose the strain? So if this particular cultivation period you're seeing a really nice strain, but then the next period you're finding a, a better one, then you kind of just – rotate through that, uh, any insight would be helpful there. Thanks. Sure. Tyler, why don't I turn that back to you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we haven't finalized what we want to do long-term yet because obviously it's, it's a very fluid market. But what you'll see is the most cost-effective pre-roll in the market in a, in a value pack with a very high quality. I wouldn't say it's premium, but if it's good, better, best, it's in the better category. Uh, and what we're going to do is, is be disruptive. So we pick specific genetics, strain-specific, to be disruptive. And what we will do is change them out. Like we said earlier, fewer, bigger, better. Uh, we're going to roll with a few genetics right out of the gate, and then we will modify, tweak, and change with consumer experience. Uh, one thing we do extremely well at Balance that I think very few people are doing well in Canada is listening to the consumer, understanding the consumer, and staying out of your own way. So what we're going to do is, is come out very strong with a few core products, and then let the consumer dictate what they want. Okay, that's very helpful. 
Um, and then maybe just uh, the second question here. The when I'm looking at your biomass extracted, that was up, up quite a bit. Maybe just a bit of a breakdown in terms of what percentage of that was internal versus external, and then tied into that. You know, obviously with a lot of companies having cashed up over the last three, four months, do we can we expect to see more tolling related revenue starting to to reemerge again? Thanks. Sure, Chris. Why don't I uh, pass the phone to you for answering the first part there, and then others can jump into the water. Sure, sounds good. So on the um, on the biomass extracted uh, component, um, we saw significant demand in the first quarter um, for CBD distillate and isolate uh, from our partners. So uh, a large portion of that volume uh, was driven by um, extraction of our materials, so that we could meet demand that we were seeing. Uh, for those types of uh, products, as we continue to see uh, growth in the, the wellness segment uh, of the of the industry, um, and uh, kind of continue to see that going forward. Um, for sure. And from a from a overall product portfolio perspective, John, as we as we look out, what we're finding is is the conversations with our LP partners about the product platform we have to offer them now, which as we said, literally includes every, uh, pretty much every product form that's possible out in the market from a, a 2.0, and you'll soon see 3.0 context. Um, and what we're, the, the conversations are becoming more and more uh, interesting for us in terms of the product that they're now coming to us for. The market is starting to realize, you know, they can't be experts in everything, uh, as, as Tyler was saying. Um, and, you know, from a, a, a sales and a brand and a, and a product development perspective, you know, there are opportunities where balance uh, makes a lot of sense for a lot of parties out there, and those conversations are, are are becoming more and more encouraging. So while before, you know, maybe we would have done the extraction on a tolling basis and sent back, now there's compelling conversations around, okay, well, you know, maybe it's not a send back of the bulk oil. Maybe, maybe we put it in the tincture for you. Maybe we put it in a vape pen for you, and maybe we, you know, put it in a beverage for you or something like that. And those conversations uh, are getting more and more encouraging. Um, so, in, in terms of total extraction or total tolling volumes, uh, maybe that uh, number um, doesn't grow materially. But in terms of the opportunity that the biomass coming to us in our extraction facility generates, uh, we're pretty encouraged by that. Okay, great. And then maybe just one quick last question: any any insights you can give us on March sales and and the first couple of weeks into April? How, what are you seeing? Are we seeing an improvement despite some of the industry headwinds we're, we're seeing out there? Uh, Everett, do you want to take this one? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, John. I, I think that with with kind of some of these new products on the market, uh, I think we're trending in the right direction. Like, I think that from from we're also keep in mind that we have a few more product launches even coming in on top of that. So March, from an industry standpoint, kind of bounced back, and, and we did accordingly as well. And obviously, uh, what's next week is 420. So I think that we're, we're very excited. And with uh, some of these new uh, products on the marketplace, I encourage everyone to go out and try bath bombs um, that are on the market here uh, recently. And some of our other uh, kind of 2.0 products on the market would be a great 420 experience. So I think we're trending in the right direction. With the COVID restrictions kind of coming in here recently in Ontario, we'll see how that impacts us. Uh, but overall, I think we're quite positive uh, even uh, despite that, uh, because of the new launches, as well as kind of uh, the trending that we had uh, even today. 
Okay, great. Thank you. We have reached the end of the question and answer session. At this time, I'd like to call back over to Tyler Robson for closing remarks. Thank you, operator, and uh, thank you, everyone else, for joining. From an operational perspective, the balance company continues to get stronger. Uh, we've made significant strides in the first quarter of the fiscal year, and now we have the most formidable product platform in the country, which is beginning to be reflected in our financials. Just a couple things I'd like to hammer home before we wrap up the call. Uh, the model for balance going forward is fewer, bigger, better. We have the most innovative, adaptable, and flexible product offering in the country, uh, and you'll see those start to leak out over the next few quarters uh, with a, a large majority coming in Q2. So we're, we're excited. Uh, our unparalleled manufacturing expertise, we believe, is best positioned to capitalize on what's expected in the future of the cannabis industry, everyday extracted-based consumer packaged goods. Um, over the course of 2021, we'll be bringing the balance advantage to new markets, consumers, and customers. We're looking forward to updating you on our progress. With that, I'll ask the operator to close the call. Thank you. Thank you. This does conclude today's call. Thank you for your participation. You may disconnect your lines at this time, and have a great day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.